0: thank you for listening to this podcast presented by compassion church for more information on service times and location please visit compassiondanville.com now let's enjoy this week's message amen all right so this message today um Simply calling the message, are you, are you, and maybe you say, well, am I what? Well, you'll see in a minute, you'll get a chance to answer three questions. That's going to ask you, are you, and it's questions that Jesus is going to ask you. And I just want to warn you this morning that, that, that the message, the, the, the passage of scripture that we're going to read and call our home base this morning is a passage of scripture that can really challenge you to your core. That's not strong enough. It's a passage of scripture that can actually haunt you depending on how you respond and react to what Jesus is calling you to. Now, that's not the intent. This is not a church where we try to scare people into saying yes to Jesus. But it is a church where we read the words of Jesus and we see the heart of Jesus in his words and the way that he operated with people. And it's, it's, a, it's a church where we believe that God wants to rescue lost sinners. And it's a church where we believe that God has built certain things into each and every one of you. And there's more in you than you can even imagine. There are things that God wants to bring out of you that you'll never get to on your own. And if you're living your life today without a relationship with God, and I'm not talking about, yeah, I go to church every once in a while and I pray every once in a while and we say, good food, good meat, good Lord, let's eat. And that's that's, that's the basis of your walk with the Lord. I'm telling you, there is so much more. And God is going to challenge you. If I can be honest with you, man, I hate the way God does this. And I love the way God does this. Because the challenges that he puts in front of us will stretch you to your absolute maximum. And it will cause you to go places and do things that you never dreamed you would do. But on the other side of that, you see the power of God working in your life. You're going to see that in the message this morning. And I don't know if you're ready to respond to it. Maybe you thought, man, we'll go to church this morning. Yeah, baptism. Great. That's cool. Grandparents day. Best day ever. It's going to be fun. Maybe they'll have some cupcakes there. Hope that lady brings those cookies, right? Well, it ain't a cookie and donut kind of day, y'all. It's a let's deal with Jesus kind of day. First question. Are you sure you want to follow Jesus? Luke chapter 9, 57 and 58. As they were walking along the road, a man, and I put in a scribe, I'll explain in a moment. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. You know, this same encounter was recorded in Matthew. And in Matthew, we see that the man that he's talking to is a scribe. So what's a scribe? Well, in the, in the new Testament, uh, in the Bible, a scribe was a person, scribes and Pharisees. And you often see how Jesus is in these confrontations with scribes and Pharisees. And the reason he was in confrontations with them is because they were so high and mighty. They were the religious elite. The job of a scribe was to maintain the integrity of the scriptures. And when I say the scriptures, they didn't have a hard bound leather Bible like you and I have, they had scrolls. And on those scrolls, it would be the words of Isaiah and the words of David and the words of Moses. And the role of the scribe would be to preserve those words and take the original document. Here's the document that David wrote a thousand years ago. And then they would make copies of that. And they were so So intense in their making of those copies that that if a scribe writes down, here's a page that I'm copying, when he gets to the end of that page and he's written a handwritten copy of that page on a piece of papyrus with, with, with a quill and ink or whatever, when he got to the end of it, he would go back and count the number of letters on the original page and then he would count what he had written and he had to make sure that it was exactly right. That's how how disciplined they were in making sure that what was originally written was preserved. That was the job of the scribe. So you can see that as a scribe pours himself that much into the scriptures, that he would have been someone who would have known the scriptures in great detail. And so the scribes and the Pharisees were the people who in the Jewish culture, uh, they were they were the religious elite, so to speak. And boy, they wore it proudly. And Jesus got into altercations with them because God loves people. And God wants the best for people. And in in his word, he lays out a way that we can live our lives, and we can experience the most joy and the most passion and the most adventure and all of those things. And yes, it's hard, but he helps you all the way. Well, the scribes and the Pharisees were guilty of adding things to the scriptures, right? They they added things that God never intended for us to have to do. And so Jesus would would get after them because because he said, you're adding weights to these people that I never meant for them to have. You're so high and mighty. You can imagine that a scribe having that much authority in the religious world, when he walks into a room, when he walks into the city market, that that he has his flowing robes on and and all of the things, and and he's met with distinction. You can imagine that this is a person of great influence and probably a person of great affluence. Scribes. And this man sees what Jesus is doing. He says, I want to follow you. What's Jesus say back to him? Basically what Jesus is saying back to this man is let me, let me just, let me just make this clear for you. You see the thing and you love the energy that comes from the crowd. Like you, you've come into one of my teachings. Maybe you've seen me heal somebody. Maybe you've seen the miracles and your eyes are this wide and, and you see what I do, but do you really want to go where I go? What Jesus is saying to this man is, do you understand what it's going to require for you to come and follow me? You live a life where you walk into a room and people bow down to you. And Jesus is the same one that taught that the way to God, the kingdom of God is like, what did he say? He said, the first will be last and the last will be first. You want to follow me? You got to learn how to get on your feet and wash some people's dirty, nasty, walking around in sandals all day through the pig swine mess in the, in the mud, wash their feet. Are you sure you want to do that? You want to follow me? You got to, you got to let go of your junk and you don't know where you're going to be tomorrow. Now, can I be honest with y'all? Because it's easy for me to stand up on this stage and look down my long, pointy nose and preach this thing to you. Let me tell y'all something. I love my recliner and I love my big screen TV and I love to, to get in my car that has the, 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 the heated and cooled seats. Come on somebody. Why in the world would I want to go and do that? This is such a challenging message to modern Western Christians because we're so comfortable in what we do. We're so comfortable in the lifestyles that we have. It's so challenging, man. But what's Jesus calling us to do? Well, he's calling us to follow him wherever he would take us to go. And so I've told y'all before, one of the roles that I have within the compassion network of churches is I'm a director over our international region of churches. So we have, uh, we have churches in uh, South Sudan. We have a church in Wales. We have a church in Haiti. And I was in a meeting with some of these guys just, just the other day, a, a, a virtual meeting with them. And I'm just amazed. And I read this passage of scripture and I see my friend Greg McClurkin who grew up in middle Tennessee, drove a Mercedes. Mercedes. Mercedes S-Class and left all of that. He he flipped homes. He knows how to make money. And he left all of that because he went to South Sudan and God ripped his heart apart for people there who were dying and didn't know Jesus. People there who were living and had no hope inside of them. He said, you can keep the Mercedes S-Class and the houses. I'm going to go where Jesus is. I wonder if there's anybody here today who feels that kind of power and passion for the things of God. Or do we love our flat screen TVs and our heated seats? I talked to a man named Greg McClurkin who goes to South Sudan. And God takes a man who has, has no biblical training, not been a pastor before, but he goes down there and he starts six churches and he preaches to 300 people on, on Sunday morning at his first church. And I see this same Greg who gave up the Mercedes to go to this place and he starts a clinic where people can get free aid. He starts a school where children can be educated. And we wanna watch football. Are you sure you want to follow Jesus Hudson Taylor, a British missionary to China, said that Christ is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. This is a man who left his life in in Britain to go to China to be a missionary. And some records will show that that he led over 20,000 people to know the Lord in China. I wonder if I could lead one person in China. I don't even speak the same language. Are you sure you want to follow Jesus? We say that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And we love to walk into the baptismal tank. And we love to come and pray. And and I think in a lot of cases, man, we think that following Jesus means that, 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 that I have an encounter with Jesus. And he convicts me of my sin And in the same way. He tells me I'll free you from your sin. And we think that if I'll just confess my sin and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. And Jesus be the Lord of my life. And I get saved and I get baptized. Then I can go back to my life. And maybe I can go to church once in a while. And maybe he'll cause me to give more money than I wanted to. But okay, I'll do that because I don't want to die and go to hell. Can I just say to us this morning that following Jesus is not all about whether we die and go to hell or not? There's a world around us. How's Jesus going to get to the people in Danville, Virginia and the surrounding areas if someone who has had a real encounter with him does not speak into their lives and say, God loves you? How do you know? Because he loves me. How do you know? Because I once was lost and now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I can see. Let me tell you about my Jesus. I do not want to be the person that says that to those people. I mean, I do, but I want it to be you. I want it to be you who takes the hand of your friend, who you know is lost, who you know is, is wrestling with whether or not this world is better off without them or not. I want it to be you who takes the hand of your family member, your coworker, and says, let me, let me buy you a cup of coffee. I know you're struggling with some things. Let me tell you what turned things around in my life. I want to equip you to do this. And I want Katie to equip our kids, and I want Katie and her team to equip our youth, and I want all of our discipleship team to develop small groups where people can develop and equip us. Man, when I look at this church in the future, I see a church of disciples who have become disciple-makers. I don't see a church that's filled with people who just come to church and, and receive what's given from the stage. I see a group of people in the future who are passionate about the things of God, who are passionate about following Jesus whether he calls us to South Sudan or whether he calls us to Ringo. Come on, somebody. Are you sure you want to follow Jesus? Here's a second question. Are you consumed with dead things or with bringing life? So the story goes on. Verse 59, he said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. What? What? You ever read that and say, what the world is Jesus talking about? That don't make no sense. You ever read that and say, how could he say this man's daddy just died? And Jesus is saying, don't worry about that. Come with me. Well, let's go a little bit deeper because I had the same thought as I was reading this and preparing this week, heard this all my life. I'm like, what's Jesus talking about? Let me, let me dig a little bit more on this. So it's a couple of things. One is Jesus. The man says to Jesus, follow me. Now, if you just go out of this story for a minute, anybody remember the story of Matthew? And when Jesus called Matthew to follow him, If you remember that story, Matthew was a very affluent, wealthy man who was a Jew who had become a Roman tax collector because he was angry at everybody around him and he knew the best way to get back at them was to to collect taxes from them. And so he had become very wealthy. But as, as Matthew had observed the things that Jesus did, he became convinced that this is the Messiah, or at least he sure does look like him. And so when Jesus said to Matthew, follow me, What did Matthew do? He climbed down out of his tax collecting booth and he followed Jesus. Anybody remember the story of Peter? Peter was out there casting his nets, fishing. His dad was a fisherman. His brother was a fisherman. It's what his family knew. And Jesus walks up to that man and he looks dead into his eyes, right into his soul. And he says to Simon, who later would become Peter, follow me. What did Simon Peter do? He laid down those nets. He said goodbye to his family and he left. And he had a wife and Jesus knew that. And Jesus knew how to take care of him and his wife and to make it all work. But he didn't stand there stuttering and stammering. Well, Jesus says to this man, follow me. And the man replies, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Now, there's a few things that this man is seeing that we don't understand. So in the Jewish culture, the process of burying a deceased parent was not just dad dies on Thursday, we go to the funeral home on Sunday, and then we go back to life. It was a process that, that, that they, would, they would go through the ritual, maybe a week of mourning, bury the parent, and then uh, it's a period of mourning, and, and a whole year, where some of the commentaries that I read said it was it was a common practice to come back one year later and to dig up the bones and put them in an ossuary box and and and, re- and remove the bones from where they were. What this man was saying was, yeah, I, I think I I think I like what I'm seeing in you. I want to follow you, but I got some stuff I need to do. One thing that he's saying, one thing that he's saying is first, let me let me fulfill my duty to bury my father. Well, that makes sense if you don't see the rest of the story. What he's saying is, Jesus, I want to follow you, but give me a year. What he's also probably saying is my father has died and now there's an inheritance that I need to collect. Oh, money gets in the middle of it. Oh, I see. Let me go and take care of settling my father's estate and sell the things that I need to sell and take care of all of that. It's going to take me a little time, but let me work through that. Jesus is you, you, you're not getting the point. And then, first let me take care of the customs surrounding taking care of the dead. That's a year-long process. Let me ask you a question. Are you guilty of making excuses about why you won't follow Jesus right now? Are you Guilty of looking back into your past so far and letting that voice of the past scream out to you, you can't do the things that God's said for you to do. Well, Jesus, I want to follow you, but you got to give me a little time. Let me, let me clean up some stuff. There's some things that I need to quit doing in my life before I can really step up there and make a public profession of faith. No, no. Jesus did not call you to clean up your mess before you stepped into a relationship with him. Just as I am. Anybody ever saying that in a Baptist church? Come on. got saved 14 times to just as I am. Just as I am, I come to the Lord. And then he begins to do a word. But we look back. Are you guilty of being so consumed with the dead things or with bringing things to life? Now, again, just being transparent with you. This whole message has been so convicting to me all week long. Me and some of these guys were laughing this morning about about football and football teams. Y'all, I love some football. And as a nation, we're consumed with football. Would y'all agree with that? Thursday night football game, Friday night high school football. Saturday, we got college all day. Sunday, we got games from 12 o'clock until 9 o'clock at night. Monday night football. And then we talk about it again until it starts all over again. Football has never done one thing for me. Broken my heart a bunch of times. Come on, Carolina Panthers fan. Where y'all at? Oh, any Cowboys fans in the room? Come on. Talk about some broken hearted people. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Tee it up and knock it out the park. What about them Cowboys? Here's my point. How passionate are we about football? And I'm guilty because I love it. I enjoy talking about all the stuff. But how much time do we put into that versus how much passion and energy we bring to the things of God? Are Are you investing in dead things? Or are you pouring your life into the things that bring life? Are you guilty like this man of saying, I don't want to do it right now. Give me a year. Let me take care of some other stuff. Jesus says, why? I tell you what, you go handle that stuff. And while you're doing that, I'm going to get somebody who's already on fire. I'm going to go ahead and get somebody who's going to rescue the person that's got a needle hanging out of their arm right now. I'm going to get somebody to go with me to the person who's who's already passed out and taking so many pills because they want to die. I need somebody today to go with me to rescue someone. Jesus says, you handle all of that stuff, but I need somebody today I need somebody today to be in kid's world when that kid comes in. And it might be that kid's mama's only day of coming to church. I need somebody who will be there and will pray with that kid. They've never seen anybody pray. They don't know what that black book is. I need somebody that can tell Jesus to that kid. I need somebody that will be in youth that will hang out in that small group and share a life with them on Wednesday nights. But you go ahead and make sure you get your football game all lined up. Make sure you get your taxes done. Make sure you do all the things. And I'll just find somebody who's concerned and consumed with bringing life to things that are dead. Are you the person who's going to bring things to life? Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com.